Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with J.D. Whitlock, CIO at Dayton Children's Hospital. In this segment, we talk about how participating in an incubator program can help pediatric hospitals accelerate their digital health strategies, the one mistake Epic customers can't afford to make when it comes to patient engagement, and why he believes focusing too much on COVID isn't just unwise, it's also irresponsible. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. So I'm, I'm going to guess that you don't have a, uh, a huge innovation center, but are there different channels that people can go through if they do have an idea and they want to kind of see if it has potential? Yeah, so two things there. So we do have an academic affiliation, Boonshaw School of Medicine, uh, also in Dayton, Ohio. So okay. we do have a certain amount of research shops going on in the facility in a residency program, and we have a very mature quality improvement culture, and we have a annual quality improvement year-long class that people go through, and clinicians and managers are invited to participate in this class, and we have, every year, we have a, a crop of really good quality improvement projects that, that come out of that. So those are the kind of things I'm saying we can move quickly on. Uh, something else just new this year that I'm excited about is a, it's called Kids X. It's the first pediatric digital health accelerator program. Uh, it's being run out of Children's Hospital Los Angeles uh, with a bunch of member children's hospitals from across the country. And just like a lot of these incubators, we get a, a health system together. We do a Shark Tank type of a thing, vote on what's the most promising innovation to come out of there and then you know pilot some of the best opportunities we see so um, how can we collaborate intelligently but not try to stand up a whole separate accelerator by ourselves which would not really be feasible for us right that's really interesting though and in terms of pediatric digital health uh, what are some of like the trends you're seeing or, or where do you guys kind of stand as far as um, how you view that Sure. So number one thing for Epic, you just have to be actually turning on all the functionality in my chart, right? Mm -hmm. If you're screwing yeah. up digital health, if you're going and buying a bunch of bolt-ons, but you're not doing my chart well, that's the first thing I always think of when people ask about <laughs> digital health. Um, other things we're doing, we've got a chat bot on our website. We've got open scheduling. Because you, you certainly also want to make it easy for that new patient before they're on my chart to get to you, right? Most places are doing that now. We use GetWell Network for a patient experience on the inpatient side. So we can, for example, providers can prescribe patient education videos to the families. They can watch it in their hospital room. They complete it. That gets back into Epic, order meals, all that in one really nicely put together patient experience package are just about to go live with the WellHealth platform for a much more capable texting platform. The parents of our patients are all in an age that nobody answers their phone and they just communicate on text anyways. 
And so right. now we'll have a uh, more capable platform for that. Something else we're doing is we are just about to go live with Microsoft's relatively new customer insights platform, which is related to Microsoft Dynamics CRM, although not technically part of the same platform. It's a patient CRM type functionality mm-hmm. in a way that was affordable for us to do. I know a lot of health systems are spending a lot of money on Salesforce or Dynamics-based systems. And this is yeah. a way of putting the important encounter-based epic data plus phone data, texting data. How can we create a picture of how we're interacting with our patients to help our clinicians, our call center staff, our marketing team, you know, better understanding of, of our patients. So we're excited about okay. that. Although that's so brand new, I... Okay. Very interesting. So this speaks to what you were talking about in terms of a quality improvement culture. And any thoughts on how you can work to foster that in your organization? Sure. So because of that academic affiliation and quality improvement culture, there are not a shortage of people that want to do innovative things. And so back to my earlier comment about we can move fast on innovative ideas that don't take a a lot of money or labor. And then other times somebody has a good idea that sounds like it ought to be straightforward and easy, but sometimes in Epic World, things that seem like they ought to be easy take significant build effort and uh, we have to make hard decisions. We can't do everything. We have small Epic build team compared to bigger facilities. And we just have to make hard choices about what to do and not do. So, so part of it is just engaging the people with good ideas, steering them towards the most efficient way of getting that innovation done. It seems like there's, there's an interesting kind of balance that you have to strike because you want to get all you can out of the epic tools that you have without you know, necessarily saying we're, we're going on board with everything, but for the ones you have, you really want to, like my chart, make sure you're, you're using all that functionality. Yes, exactly. The worst thing you can do in my chart is sign patients up, tell them to use the communicate with their doctor, and then not respond in a timely manner. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't do that. We, we generally do an okay job of that. But um, that you just have to, you have to make sure that you're doing the right things, both adding the technical functionality and also following through on the, all the operational things that, that have to happen. And, and um, so one of the, as silver lining, COVID mm-hmm. is all the telehealth, a great acceleration. And for those organizations that have been able to implement the video visits integrated with the EHR, you hear an awful lot about everybody doing video visits. Everybody is doing video visits. Mm-hmm. Some of us were able to implement video visits integrated with EHR workflow. We mm-hmm. were able to do that because Epic offers that, and we just happened to be, we were finished with that integration just before COVID hit. We got a little bit lucky there. Not everybody was able to do that. And so you've got, you've got a video visit, but you have, you have to schedule the appointment in EHR and, and separately schedule a video visit on your video platform. Right. And when you're integrated, you don't have to do it. You, that, that's one scheduling exercise. So that has dramatically increased our percentage of our patients that are on my chart in the first place. And so that has helped with other things we want to be doing on my chart 
that sometimes maybe went slower because we had a lesser percentage of our population on mitra. By the way, we're a specialty pediatric hospital. We do not have a lot of PCPs. And so it's, we're not going to have a super high MyChart percentage compared to uh, like a primary care only institution or, or, or any integrated delivery network with a high percentage of primary care. So if your kid breaks their arm and comes to our ED one time, you sign up for MyChart for dating children as well, maybe not. If your kid has cystic fibrosis and you come see the pulmonologist all the time, well, you're probably going to sign up. So. Right. I, I know you had said that the area where you are, fortunately, did, really didn't get affected too much by COVID. So did you have to change like protocols just in terms of uh, visits and things like that, which I, I'm sure is, is difficult when you have this type of population? As a pediatric organization in Ohio, we did not see a lot of COVID patients ourselves. However, of course, like every hospital in the United States, we implemented our hospitals and incident command center for a period of about two months where we were struggling with both the virtual health and uh, work from home challenges. And one thing we were doing is we were preparing to take adult COVID patients if we needed to. I saw a headline at Texas Children's is uh, apparently in the middle of a hotspot right now, and they are accepting adult COVID patients because no community wants to do what New York had to do, where you're, where you're opening up the local convention center with seriously ill people. So we were preparing to do that. That meant a bunch of additional epic builds because obviously that's not something we would normally do. Um, and so that greatly slowed down some other things we were doing for a couple of months while we were getting prepared to do that. Thankfully, we didn't have to do that. Um, but if it came to that or if the next pandemic, a lot of the preparations we went through could be used again if we had to. Yeah. And so how does that work? In terms of uh, you, you have to be ready in case you do get a surge, but when you're in an area where you, you're pretty sure you're not going to, can, can that be a tough thing from a leadership standpoint? Yes, it can be in that we have to be smart. We want to do everything we reasonably can. And obviously in the early days of COVID, everybody was 100% focused on that. And mm -hmm. at some point, you're being irresponsible as a leader if you're 100% focused on COVID going forward and you stop doing yeah. everything else you have to do to run your health system and take care of all the rest of your patients, right? So how do we, how do we operationalize and support and from an IT perspective, support with new technology, this new reality that we're in and with a constrained budget environment to take care of all of our patients, not just our, in our case, very small percentage of patients that had COVID. Right. Okay. I know you mentioned a lot of uh, what you're working on now, what you're looking at. Is there, there anything else that's some of, one of the priorities either now or in the future? You know, I talked about a lot of the big ones. We did put a few other things on hold because of budgets. I would love to be able to do a real identity and access management, single sign-on, better support um, of TAP badges, you know, better experience for our clinicians and really everybody for getting into all the applications that we have to get them into securely 
and make it easier for them. And that is a big project and it was expensive and we had it ready to go, at least from a planning perspective. And we had to punt on that because we just don't have the money this next FY. So hopefully we'll be able to kick mm -hmm. that off uh, the next FY. That's a good example of something that I'd love to be able to do, but we just can't do with the money situation. Yeah. In some ways, is it, is it almost, uh, I won't say an advantage, but the fact that, that you are kind of accustomed to dealing with budget constraints and it might be easier than organizations that traditionally maybe haven't, but now are faced budget constraints because of COVID. So is it almost a good thing kind of being accustomed to uh, really having to be careful with priorities? Yes, I would say it is. When you get used to MacGyvering things at a smaller <laughs> facility, sometimes it's nice to have those tools in your toolbox. And then the other side of that is some of the things that we're taught, like the example that I just gave, that's not exactly cutting edge technology. That's something that a lot of other systems already have. So in a sense, we're just falling farther behind by, by putting that on hold. Okay. All right. I think that's, that's about it. Really appreciate your time. It was fun. Thanks a lot, Kate. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.